back to the Fourth Way Podcast. In this episode, we are continuing to look at rebuttals to the case I've laid out against government so far. Today, we will discuss what may be one of the most common retorts, which argues that though government may not have been originally intended by God, it is a necessary evil in a fallen world. Now, I have to say that out of all of the arguments out there, this is the one that I find the most appealing. Part of that is because we know that the Bible does validate this idea of the fall necessitating or allowing actions which would otherwise be considered inappropriate. For example, the Bible depicts early humans as refraining from eating animals, all the way up until the time of Noah, when God allows the eating of animals. It makes sense that in Eden, and even after Eden, God didn't want the taking of any life, including animal life. If death was a consequence of sin and the fall, it makes sense that wielding death, even the death of animals, would be considered antithetical to God's good world. Yet we see God, for whatever reason, allowing humans to kill animals after Noah. How is it that God allows humans to wield a curse, an evil consequence? Well, it does seem clear, both in the Noahic Covenant and in Peter's dream, that killing and eating animals is permitted by God. We see that humans have taken this idea of wielding the curse way too far in other places. Genesis 3 provides us with a great example, I think, in that one of the curses ends up being man-domineering women and women seeking men's approval. And I I think that's an okay modernized interpretation, but go back and check Genesis 3 out and read how the Bible says it. But patriarchalists have often built a male-centric ideology around Genesis 3's description of the curse. While they read Genesis 3's description of thorns and thistles as something that they fight against with weed killer and tools, and while they read Genesis 3's description of women experiencing increased pain in childbirth and fight against that with drugs— they somehow see man's domineering of woman as a prescription for the creation order. So this idea that the fall necessitates some action is really tough because it seems clear that the fall eventually changes some things, like the killing and eating of animals, yet we also see that by using the fall as an event from which we draw prescriptions, it can actually cause us to exacerbate the curse through institutions like patriarchalism. So what do we do with this conundrum? I'll take you through a few of the thoughts which come through my mind and then leave the ball in your court to make that decision. So is the government a necessary evil? Is it something necessitated by the fall? Let's start with what I think is the most conjectural concept here today. I'll explain what God's motives might have been in regard to the killing and eating of animals. And again, note that this is is pure conjecture. Um... I think that God's allowance for the killing of animals is, is kind of similar to his allowance for divorce. God doesn't like it because God doesn't like suffering and death. He obviously didn't want the world to include death since it was a result of the fall. So to have humans extend and magnify death is antithetical to a good world. However, now that there were thorns and thistles in the time of Noah, and humans had not begun to domesticate animals to the extent that we have today— Uh, and they were likely foragers, and at worst, and subsistence farmers at best, Um, they needed some food sources to survive, right? It was inevitable that meat would become a necessity for the people, just as divorce was a necessity to keep the women from further oppression by men in a patriarchal society. 
So, is killing animals good? I don't think so. And I think it's something that I should probably move away from because we're more capable of doing it today. And I know the good intentions of God, and God doesn't like suffering and death. And um, I know, especially even on top of all of this, that the vast majority of meat I consume is likely acquired inhumanely. But again, right? This is, this is just kind of conjecture here. However, this conjecture leads me into the next point which is that while God's allowance of meat is very clear, and there are avenues of conjecture that we can explore as to why that's the case, why did he allow it, I will argue that the case for government is quite different. God doesn't declare that domineering other humans is a good thing. He doesn't say that he wants kings beside himself. And actually, when his chosen people do attempt to set up their own king, God condemns the act and calls it a rejection of him. While we can clearly see that God makes arrangements for the eating of meat— His allowance of Israel to usurp his kingship is one of judgment, allowing sin to take its course, as 1 Samuel 8 so clearly shows. We don't have any avenues for conjecture as to why God allows government as a necessity because he doesn't. What we can discuss, however, is how God remains sovereign despite so many nations attempting to usurp his kingship. That's the trend that we see throughout all of Scripture. Egypt is great and will overcome Israel. Oh no! How is God truly God, and how will he prevail? Oh, he saves his people through the Exodus. Oh no, Assyria is coming against Israel. How is God truly king and in control? Oh, God's using Assyria to judge Israel for their sins, and he'll judge Assyria in a short while for their own sins. Oh no, the Persians are in control, and the evil politician Haman is going to kill all the Jews. Hasn't God abdicated his throne? No. God raises up Esther and saves his people. I mean, that narrative happens time and time and time again throughout the Bible in regard to all these rulers set in opposition to God. And that trend runs into the New Testament with Herod, the religious leaders, and Pilate. And we even see it as the question in view from Romans 12 through 13. The question in Romans 12 and 13 isn't, how should Christians bear the sword and rule like the Gentiles? Paul tells us we shouldn't in Romans 12 and Romans 13, 8 and following. What he answers in Romans 13, 1 through 7 is the age-old question asked time and time again throughout the scripture. If Caesar really appears to be Lord, how is God actually Lord? That's the question we see all throughout scripture. And Paul's answer, like all those who came before him, is that God reigns even over emperors. As Proverbs says, God guides their hearts like a flowing river. And of course, we see this all throughout the rest of the New Testament, culminating in the greatest anti-establishment piece of literature, the revelation of Jesus Christ. In summary, I want to reiterate that I really do get this argument. Of all the arguments out there, I find it the most compelling, in part because we do see the fall leading to a rescinding of at least one prohibition, namely the killing and eating of animals. Isn't it possible then that government would be the same sort of thing? I mean, doesn't it make sense that in a world where humanity has fallen so far, we would want to make these fallen humans kings with power and put swords in their hands for the monopolization of violence? Oh, snap. I guess I don't find that argument so compelling anymore. That's all for now. So peace, and because I'm a pacifist, when I say it, I mean it.
podcast is a part of the Kingdom Outpost Network. Please check out the links below to find other great podcasts and content related to nonviolence and kingdom living.